Hello and welcome, citizens of Dark Rose City. You have arrived at episode 33 of Dark Rose Comics Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Jerry E, and I'm joined by my co-host, Victor Young. If you are new to the show, this is a podcast where two nerdy guys brew themselves a nice hot cup of coffee, and then we sit down to break down, analyze, and discuss some of our favorite comic books. The coffee we'll be brewing today is a golden mandolin. I think I'm saying that right. Roasted by Ping Huang Coffee. Now, this is a coffee that came to us from Taiwan. Someone actually came over and uh, left us this coffee that they brought over from Taiwan. So Very it's, good. It's nice. Uh, the comics we'll be discussing today are Aquaman number 41, Titans number 28, and Cold Spots number 3. Uh, the first two titles are Drowned Earth Titans. If you like the show, please hit that subscribe button on the podcast service provider of your choice. We can be found on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. And alongside with hitting that subscribe button, let us know how we're doing by leaving us a review and a rating. And make sure to tell everyone about this podcast. Okay, so before we get into our comics and our coffee, how's your week been, Victor? Well, it's been a tough week, Jerry. It's what? It's been a real tough week. Oh, Um, that's rough to hear. I uh, recently broke up with Dokkan Battle. Um, oh, that's uh, what? It's a tough pill to swallow. Tough pill to swallow, Jerry. What happened? Well, I tried summoning for Evolution Blue Vegeta. Uh, it's sunk in about six to seven hundred stones, and I didn't get him. Oh my god! And. Uh, at that point, I realized that uh, Dokkan Battle is just like a bad girlfriend <laughs> or boyfriend. Someone that's just not meant for you and they just keep hurting you. I'm not even... Here's the thing. I'm not even disappointed. <laughs> I'm not even disappointed because it's RNG. Like, it's... Right, there yeah. would There's a chance that even if I sunk in like 2,000 stones, I wasn't going to get him. Right? Yeah. Or if I only spent 50 stones, I would get him on the first summon. Right? But I just can't bring myself to keep doing that to myself anymore. You, yeah, know, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. So it's uh, it's been a tough breakup. Uh, it's been a really hard first couple of days, but I think I'm 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 getting back to my old self again, Jerry. <laughs> Other than that, back I mean, back into console gaming. I back, guess. yeah, oh, yeah, oh yeah. Spider Man's looking real good right now. Oh. My God, yeah, that game looks amazing. Uh, my buddies can't keep our uh, can't uh, won't stop talking about it. So, do they have a physical physical copy or? Uh, copy? He does have a physical copy, yes. But uh, he's you know he's, he's gearing up for uh, the <laughs> the expansion that the DLC that just came out, the heist. Right. Yeah. So he's gonna be playing that. So, oh, why? Well, <laughs> either way, I mean, I'm gonna get the game for myself anyway, right? So at some point, yeah. Uh, but other than that. Nothing too crazy. I've been trying to find a like a sports team to join to kind of get myself motivated back into like we're talking about like a real life sport, like a real like a real like real life, like IRL sports, like IRL, <laughs> like IRL sports. <laughs> yes, yes, Jerry. <laughs> Just so I can uh, keep myself motivated to to get back into the gym again. Just because the gym in itself is just so boring. Yeah, yeah. So I think if I have a, a motivating factor to to go to the gym. Then I think that is going to do wonders. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But that's me. What about you, Jerry? What you been up to this week? Well, we've been watching a lot of, like every night we would just you know after dinner, make dinner, whatever, and 
we would watch Seven Deadly Sins on Netflix, okay. the anime. Okay. And we just completely trooper through season one and two. You've done season two already? Now, granted, season two is very short. No. Se- season two was only four episodes. No, that's not season two. That's like a... That's it's like, labeled season two. It, but it's not actually Netflix. season yeah, two. Yeah, yeah. So it's labeled season two on <laughs> yeah. Netflix. So we went through the first season and those four episodes. And now we're on season three of Netflix. But it's actually season two. But it's like season three on Netflix, though. They got it wrong because that's season two. Yeah, yeah, of course. But like, it's like it's season three on Netflix, though. Whatever. Anyway. Just in <laughs> case if our listeners are going to go on Netflix... And they're going to be looking for this really long season two and be like, where are the rest of the episodes? Because there's only four. Right. Sure. Listeners, I think you'll really like this show. (laughs) (laughs) Of course they'll like it because I recommended it a long time ago, Jerry. And yet you decide to just I think you're going to really like it. Wow. Because I'm going to tell you that it's very fun and you're going to hear it for the first time. Unbelievable. On Dark Rose Comics. Unbelievable. (laughs) <laughs> absolutely unbelievable it's a great show it is very funny it's very fun too and it's uh, lots of feel good moments it sounds f- oh yeah that's right because I said that <laughs> yeah, you not know too what? long ago you know. hey speaking of the sports team thing that you're talking about <laughs> uh, we actually used to do like um, we used to join like sports leagues as well so like yeah. that would get a bunch of people together we'd play basketball right so we'd do we actually joined a basketball league right we weren't very good uh-huh. but uh, you know that there was that okay so maybe uh, I don't know I was thinking volleyball oh just because I actually can't contribute in that sport so <laughs> no I mean you can shoot man you'll be fine <laughs> but you that's know, all I can do <laughs> you, you can shoot and then you can you know just body people you'll, you'll be fine yeah <laughs> you, okay. you, you work out you body people and then well, we'll, we'll get we'll get Peter we'll get John <laughs> well, well we'll see how that turns out <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, so I mean that that's about that's about that for the week, you know. That there wasn't a whole lot else happening cuz uh, it's actually been a pretty bu- busy work week, so there's a lot of Netflix. Hey man, that's fair. That's yeah, fair. Yeah. Everyone's right. got busy work weeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, all right, so why don't we go ahead and let's go brew that coffee. I'm actually really interested in this week's coffee. The one from Taiwan. Okay, let's do it. And uh let's go do that and then we'll talk about some okay. comics. Okay. All, right. all right. Why are we still talking? So, uh why are we Okay. All right, it's, it's because I don't have a name for the segment oh. yet. <laughs> okay, let's, right, let's go. Let's, let's just go. <laughs> and we're at the comic segment. And in this segment, what we do is we take some of the newest books to hit the local comic book shop stand. And we talk about them, we break them down, we dissect them, we discuss them. And uh, we talk about some of the themes that are covered in some of these books. So this week is, a, I guess, a tie-in heavy week. Because we are talking about Aquaman number 41 and Titans number 28 for the Drowned Earth tie-ins. Now, Whoa. Aquaman had come out the week previous, and we didn't talk about it during that week, so we're going to talk about it along with Titans for this week's show. But before we get into our comics discussion, Victor, why don't you tell us what coffee we'll be having and what coffee will be accompanying us today? Give us a little rundown. Well, Jerry... Uh, you have already spoken about the coffee earlier. However... Why don't you give us a little rundown <laughs> about the coffee? The coffee we have uh, this week is called a, a Golden Mandolin. And it's uh, oranges of origins. Wow. Are oranges? From... <laughs> it's oranges. <laughs> the origin is from the mandolin growing region in uh, northern Sumatra of Indonesia. Oh, okay. Uh, and it's been roasted by Pinghuang Coffee. 
out in uh, Taipei, Taiwan. So it's nowhere near us. <laughs> it's it's uh, Ping Huang. Ping Huang. Yeah. In Mandarin, is Ping Huang. Ping Huang? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. I got it. Yeah. <laughs> I am not a Mandarin speaker, folks. Um, and its location is in uh, Taipei, Taiwan. So nowhere near us uh, at all. So Yeah, nowhere near us. So shout-outs to Taipei, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> That's where I was when I was young. That's where I was born, in uh, Taipei, Taiwan. That explains a lot Taiwanese of things. Taiwanese kid over here. Explains yeah. a lot of things. <laughs> I don't know what it explains, but keep going. <laughs> but I've never had coffee when I was there. I was, oh. I was too young. You're too young. <laughs> I was too young, so yeah. <laughs> so now it'd be cool to try, actually. Oh, this coffee's not bad. It's not bad, right? It's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, I'm taking a few sips right now. It's pretty good. Okay, so, spoiler warning for the upcoming comics. Due to the way we're talking about some of these comics and the way we have to, you know, kind of break down the things that it's going to be talking about, we have to sort of give away a little bit of the plot. We'll try our best. And, you know, if it, like a huge revelation were to happen, we're going to definitely give you plenty of time on spoiler warnings. But, you know, do be warned, if you have not read these books, hit your local comic shop, pick up a copy of these books, read them, and then come back and listen to the episode. So the first book we'll be talking about today is Aquaman number 41. Now, this one came out, like we said, this one came out from the previous week. It's written by Dan Abnett with art by Lan Medina on pencil, Vicente Cifuentes on ink, colors by Gabe L. Tabe. And letters by Steve Wands. Some complex names. What do you think about this book? Did you, did you like it? Did you did you like the the way the tie-ins are uh, are being done right now? You know what? Because this is not a it's not a title that we're following, right? So, what what are your initial thoughts on the way this tie-ins handled? I'm gonna be honest. I wasn't listening to you. <laughs> <laughs> Let's really enjoy this coffee over here. So, which book are you talking about right now? Aquaman. <laughs> this coffee's really good. I don't understand. This is a two-way comment. Like, the, there's only two of us. Like, <laughs> so, Jerry, here's the thing. The only voice you hear is mine. Let, let me let me explain what happens from time to time as we do these podcasts. Um, I get desensitized by your voice. Like sometimes I hear wow. it, and it just sounds like air. <laughs> <laughs> now onto the onto the main discussion. Aquaman, uh, forty one. Uh, I actually really uh, enjoyed this issue. Uh, for a number of reasons. Number one, I really enjoyed the fact that. It was a lot more uh, mirror focused, because I mean she doesn't. I don't feel like she gets a lot of spotlight, if any spotlight, during big events like this, right? Like perhaps because it's a tie-in, they were allowed that freedom to put her a little more in the forefront. Um, but I really do like Mira as a character, and uh, I always find it a little unfortunate that she doesn't get much action. So this one was really refreshing for me. Um, and it does add to the depth of the main storyline that's happening over in um, the, the Justice League issues. So I really enjoyed it. Number one. What was that? Sorry. 
you stop this. <laughs> you stop this right now. <laughs> no, it's it's great. I, I do think it's good that Mira's getting more exposure now. Yeah. Um, especially because since Rebirth, she was actually a pretty... Because I, I read the... Um, I've been kind of keeping up with Aquaman. The last like few arcs, I haven't like been caught up on. But I was reading it from when Rebirth came out. Right. And she was a huge part of that. It was her, you know, her and Aquaman. Huge part of it about the whole you know the throne mm-hmm. right so she became the queen of Atlantis and it's cool that it's it's a story where you get to see deeper into what makes Atlanteans like what what like the makeup of Atlanteans yeah. right and in this particular issue I think I find that it's it's cool to see that even when because after what happened to Dark, in Dark Knight's Metal that you know uh, Atlantis surfaced yeah right yeah, yeah even if we were talking about Atlantis returning back essentially back underground mm-hmm. it is not a home they can go back to because of what's happening currently in Drowned Earth right right so you have you essentially have a bunch of people who are looking for ways to connect back to the surface world or to connect back into the main world, you know, because they, they're kind of considered exiles in in, uh, in Atlantis, right? Yeah. Kind of, but they see themselves as their own kingdom. But seeing that happen and now even the roots of where they were is not safe, I think it's a really interesting dynamic because you would imagine that... If anybody would be able to to be safe and exempt from something like this, mm-hmm. would be Atlanteans. Yeah, and it turns out they're not. No, right. They're, so they're just lumped in. Exactly, and they're, they're essentially refugees from a hometown that they can't return to now yeah. because of the uh, of the things that are happening yeah. in this event. Yeah, I always I found that um, I found that disconnect, not disconnect. I found it to be interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't think disconnect is the right word. Um, you imagine I think if let's try and use like a real world example right, right. imagine uh, us as Canadians uh, and then see for example Dark Knight's Metal happened in real life <laughs> and then somehow we were plucked from Canada and uh, we got relocated to let's say the states or whatever right and then something crazy happens in the states and then we try and go back to canada and it's even worse there Mm -hmm. right like just just imagine that feeling of not being able to go home yeah right like that i imagine is what uh, the atlanteans are going through but times 100 because they're it's actually happening around them at, at the moment right so it's uh it's a very dire situation. And plus the fact that, again, spoiler warnings, uh, Mir ends up being the only Atlantean surviving uh, that the whole ordeal. So I imagine that um, she's going to play a-, a much bigger, more vengeful role um, in the uh, main storyline moving forward. Mm-hmm. And... They did bring it up in this issue. Um, Batman's sort of bringing up the fact that these guys that have aquakinesis are really yeah. the people who can 
turn this thing around yeah. because I think they it's hinted in this that there's a way to drive it out. Yeah. Right. So it is something that can be prevented, something that can be defeated. So this is sort of setting it up as a way for them to, you know, to to resolve it in the I guess in the main crossover issue yeah. that Justice League Aquaman won. Yeah. So it's cool, like they they're able to touch on a lot of that stuff, and I I almost feel like if you're reading this, um, for a lot of times when you see it as a tie-in, when you see a a, a title as a tie-in, mm-hmm. even though it's put on there as like you should read this as part of the it reading, doesn't order, necessarily right? it doesn't necessarily affect the main exactly, story. Exactly, yeah. yeah, like you don't feel like it affects it, but there are things hinted in here that I think are pretty crucial into understanding what is happening in the main title and mm-hmm. to enrich it as well right um but yeah. to, to especially s- in the uh, sorry not to cut you yeah, off, no, but no, especially in just a quick mention especially in the titans tie-in i feel like there's a lot of important information in that one. Oh yeah absolutely but again we'll we'll talk about that in a second yeah yeah and it's cool because you're getting actually a lot of good moments in the tie-in issues mm-hmm. and they're to me, I feel like there would be essential readings, right? Yeah. Now, in this particular case, I think um, it's more so here in Aquaman because it's directly related to it's it's directly related to the Justice League. Yeah. Right. So, Mera is essentially now the only connection the Justice League had to that side, or especially to Atlantis. Mm-hmm. Um, now that Arthur, Aquaman yeah. is kind of MIA. Yeah. So, and the whole uh, and the whole Aquaman being MIA thing, I think it's 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 pretty cool. It did it did feel a little rehashed because they basically pull that panel from from, um, uh, from the Justice League yeah, issue. Yeah, yeah. But the way they did it in a quick double page spread, which is nice that they didn't like really harp on what was happening. Yeah, they just basically did it as like a friendly reminder that like this happened like, to hey, Aquaman. Yeah, this is uh, where yeah. Arthur Curry is just in case you forgot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or like if people are reading this book and not picking up Justice League, <laughs> then now like they have a reason to go back to to pick it up, right? So that's that's always good. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, to sort of go back to what you were talking about in terms of trying to compare it to like real life situations, this issue and Titans for me actually did that really well Mm -hmm. because there's a lot of things that are happening in these books and and Aquaman has for the most part been a pretty politically driven book not in the sense that it's like real politics but Mm -hmm. like the politics between the connection of Atlantis to the surface world Mm -hmm. and trying to maintain that situation and like for Aquaman to be the ambassador basically and trying to build that connection I think Aquaman has always sort of lined itself up to be that type of book mm-hmm. and that it has succeeded in that way. In this tie-in, it's shown that as well. Like, they they need to be... They're, they're now a part of the surface world, right? And they mm-hmm. need to work together with the surface. So, like, she's connecting well with the Justice League. Yeah. And is actually making that, <clears throat> making that connection. Sorry. So, it's... This one, I think, more in particular, is that type of book. Whereas, mm-hmm. for the most part, especially like what we're reading in Justice League, it doesn't. It it's very out of. It's like it's very out there. Like it's very. Um, it, it's not very much. Di- it's it's not very much connected to what we're seeing as everyday problems. Yeah, it's it's you know? big time movie, event, big time right? stuff. Yeah, yeah. 
like summer blockbuster stuff. Yeah. So this yeah. keeps it like, a little bit more grounded, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think uh, even to add to that point too, like even her at the end, uh, bringing in Orm or uh, Ocean Master, mm-hmm. right? Um, I think that adds a level a level of uh, depth to sort of that um, political alliance that uh, that uh, the surface dwellers and <laughs> and Atlanteans have right yeah because ocean master does make that relationship a little more complicated obviously because ocean master originally wanted to take over the surface yeah right so I'm also interested in seeing how his involvement will play out um, in Drowned Earth issue one because I'm 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 almost more than certain he'll show up in issue one. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, that crossover issue one for sure. And and it's interesting to note because Orm does have that really distinct relationship with the surface, well, especially because yeah, like you said in New Fifty Two, there was that uh, Throne of Atlantis crossover. Yeah. Which also happens to be Justice League and Aquaman. Yeah. Yeah, so that that was a good event as well. If you haven't read it, you should definitely go back and read it. It's by uh, by Jeff Johns, mm-hmm. who was writing both titles at the time. Jeff Johns is a hero. Uh, master in the craft. Yes. Yeah, for sure. That's, in <laughs> fact, he's so good, they had to bring him into the DCEU. <laughs> <laughs> to try to fix that. Try to fix that mess. Listen, you had us just stop comics for now and just... <laughs> Just bring us up from the ground, bro. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I would. I'm actually really happy it was Orm that yeah. that they went and mm-hmm. uh, seeked out because because you know what, this is a good opportunity to sort of rewrite his character a bit too, right? Um, I think he has the potential to sort of be like like what Venom is to Spider-Man, right? Okay. To, to be to Aquaman what Venom is to Spider-Man. Right. Right? Like, he is, he's always going to be a character that's going to be a little rough around the edges just because of his bias uh, against the, the surface dwellers. But I also think he has the potential to be like a decent anti-hero in a way. Mm-hmm. Right, uh, similar to Venom, because he does have uh, good intentions for Atlantis at heart. Yeah, and he has good leadership traits. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm interested in seeing if that's a potential direction they'll take with Orm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. What did you think about the art in this book? I thought it was great. Yeah, yeah. Um, nothing, nothing like. For me, I'm. It's very rare for me to be critical of artwork, mm-hmm. like super critical. Because to me, listen, if you if you're if you're good enough to be published, <laughs> listen, you're good enough for my books, <laughs> right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's to me, um, art isn't something for me to to judge too harshly. Though I do find that um, uh, that the that the artwork here is very reminiscent of um, like mid two thousands artwork. 
Okay. You know what I mean? Like early to to mid, like new 52 kind of artwork, if that makes any sense. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Because, I mean, this is not the the typical artwork you would see in um, <clears throat> in uh, today's comics. Uh, but then again, what do I know? <laughs> uh, well, he has been drawing Aquaman, I think. Yeah. And um, it's, I like it. I like it because it's, uh, it is a very colorful style to it. It's, yeah. um, because like, if you, if you see the cover, it's very different. Oh yeah. Way, the, way different. Uh, the inside pages are. Yeah. So, way different. It, yeah. In fact, it's uh, almost telling a different story that coverage. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, it was uh, Federici that did the cover, Ricardo yeah. Federici, uh-huh. and he actually did um, he did a few arcs in the earlier parts of this run. Th- those came out really well. Yeah, I think yeah, but it's a very different feel to this book um, compared to like the rest of the run. Yeah, so like the artwork feels very New Fifty Two to me. Yes, you know what I mean. Yeah, there's more of that house style to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. But overall, I really enjoyed it. You know, it's uh, it's great artwork. What is happening to the Atlanteans is insane. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're all gone now. So, yeah, so. <laughs> um, what do you make of what What do you make of the fact that those basically high generals of Atlantis have all been converted? Do you think? Because they're talking about, um, and it's like in this book and also in Titans, they're talking about ways to reverse it. Yeah. Right? This is, this to me is reminiscent of the idea of, of evolving. Right. Right? It's this thing that's coming down, this rain that's coming down, is converting these guys into different creatures. Very similar to what the totality was doing to some of those, um, to like, I think where it landed, it was converting like creatures back yeah, to like the um, uh, back to their more prime primordial forms. Yeah, or or to I don't know. It's like evolving slash devolving. It's something in between. Right? Yeah, it's not necessarily an evolution because they're bringing out the more um, a primal uh, primal traits of an individual, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but it's not necessarily a De, uh, like a devolution either or de-evolution because yeah. it's not like they're reverting back to a, <clears throat> a previous form sort of thing right, right? Um, yeah no yeah, actually that's a good parallel um, I can uh, the only thing though about this is does it actually make them stronger like we, we have yet to see the the combat capabilities of um, these transformed individuals, yeah, right. Because the the sense that I'm getting right now is that is that they're only strong right now because there's just so many of them that they're overwhelming. Yeah, right. Uh, but whether or not they actually keep like the combat capabilities of the people that they transformed from, mm-hmm. I, I think will have yet we'll have to see i believe i I think based on this cover anyway i believe that aquaman will be a victim of that transformation and then we'll have a chance to see 
his fighting capabilities in comparison to how he is as you know normal Aquaman. Okay, so you think Aquaman's gonna fall victim? To I it. think. I feel like that's a plot twist that I see coming. Okay. Right. Makes uh, sense. It seems to. I mean, it would seem to make sense. Yeah. In terms of the storyline at, at hand, but I mean, there's also a, 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 several ways that I also see it turning out as well. So. Okay. Well, all right. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So. Do you have any uh, closing thoughts on Aquaman before we uh, move on to our next uh, No, book? great job on the issue. Uh, I, I'm glad that uh, they took this issue to uh, sort of set up Mira and Orm in the larger storyline. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we'll see where it goes from there. Okay. All right. Well said. Thank you, sir. <laughs> All right, let's go on to our second book. Second book we'll be talking about is Titans number 28. It's written by, again, Dan Abnett, connecting all these stories together. Why'd you say his name like that? What do you mean? Dan Abnett. Dan Abnett. <laughs> <laughs> With art by Clayton Henry, colors by Marcello Maiolo, and letters by Dave Sharp. So Titans number 28, again, another title that we're not really reading, mm-hmm. but... I'm actually really glad I picked up this issue to uh, to talk about in the tie-in because it does... This also is ties in with other <laughs> storylines that are currently happening, right? Yeah. Uh, which I thought was like really cool, right? Because for the most part... Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you no, off. No, no, <laughs> it's, it's all good. Because uh, for the most part... Because you're going to ask me how what I thought about it anyway, so... What do you think well. about it? <laughs> because normally with tie-in issues... It's, they don't normally reference other works that are currently going on. Right? Yeah. Normally they don't. Yeah. Uh, other than the um, the main work that it's supposed to tie into. Right? Right. Okay. However, in Titans, they've made reference to Heroes in Crisis. And they've also made reference to um, uh, Batman. So, was it issue 54? Five, four, five, four, four. five. Four and issue. then five, six, seven were the Beast of Birth. The KGB ones, right? Yeah. No, no, no. Wait. No, 55. 55, right? Five, six, seven. So, five. Yeah. So, they, it's made reference to Batman issue 55 and it's made issue uh, made reference to Heroes in Crisis on top of being a tie-in issue to uh, Drowned Earth. So, I think that this is a very good issue in terms of bringing the world together though how those issues then tie into mm-hmm. drowned earth is a little confusing right? yeah. yeah because then batman 55 doesn't necessarily tie in with um drowned drowned earth or justice league prior to drowned earth mm-hmm. right because yeah. it's almost like two timelines that are happening yeah the one thing i do find weird about stuff like that is Batman, like if you if if what is happening in Batman is happening across the other books, yeah, and then something like this is happening in Justice League that is also affecting those same books, yeah, I feel like the consistency of some of those characters just won't jive. Well, there's just no consistency, yeah, period, because there's no, there's no way Batman is sitting there talking on this computer broken bodied, yeah, and then at the same time is with fighting you know, KG Beast, yeah, yeah. so. It does, for me, like, I think it's great that anytime you have books sort of referencing 
things that are happening around the world for them, yeah. like around their world. Mm-hmm. It's always nice to see all of that come together. But at the same time, I think it has to make sense. It has to make sense. Yeah. Right. And I don't think, um, like not having Nightwing on the Titans book makes sense because people will read Batman and read Titans and be like, why is he still there? Yeah. But at the same time, I don't think they, it, you really need to hash out that much with it when it comes to something like this, because that version of Batman, of what happened to Nightwing in that Batman it's very much not the Batman they're talking about in this story. Right. Uh, however, I do understand why they went with that direction. Because if Tempest comes in... And, he's going to ask. And, he's, and yeah, Nightwing's not there. He's going to ask. And then, of course, you have to provide an explanation that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, to me, logically, referencing Batman 55 was probably the best option right because then what other storyline are you going to reference in which Nightwing at least recently you know what I mean has gone off like just disappeared yeah yeah exactly and again just like you said if Nightwing is here then it just confuses readers who are reading Batman and then Titans yeah right but again the the issue with the continuity comes is when you introduce Drowned Earth into that Mm mm-hmm so I feel like they did the best that they could in terms of <laughs> with what they tried to do to line yeah trying to make yeah. the storyline work yeah yeah because for me it's just because we're following Batman right yeah and to me I'm perfectly fine if Batman is not part of continuity mm-hmm. because I just don't think it'll work to the rest of the to the rest of well, what these books it, are it doing it just doesn't right period, so right? yeah it's just like if you were to bring Actually, I feel like Batman is the only comic where it just wouldn't work. Yeah, the way right. that Batman's written right yeah, now. Yeah, because you have like I was gonna say like action comics, but action comics should work because it's believable within the context yeah. of the world that they've built in action comics. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean any any other yeah you could do that with Suicide Squad. I mean you wouldn't, but you could. <laughs> you could probably do it with Green Lanterns just yeah, based Green, on the scope. Yeah. Uh, Supergirl like you could do with anybody just not Batman (laughs) (laughs) yeah that particular title the way that particular title yeah exactly yeah for sure Um, but let's talk about Titans a little bit like the actual characters for the Titans and what I do find interesting is you basically watch the issue unfold almost in the perspective and narration of Donna Troy Mm -hmm. and I, I think it's really well done because Donna Troy very much is a character that's remaining in the Titans that now needs to lead this new group into a sort of comfort that will allow them to succeed, mm-hmm. right? And she's struggling quite a bit with that because she herself is considered an outsider, right? So, you know, Garth, uh, not, um, yeah, Garth, Garth comes in yeah. and basically encourages her and be like, you, you need to basically step up and be the backbone to this party yeah right which is because he's she's after spoilers again <laughs> after garth falls through uh and it falls from the space uh, ship essentially she is now the only surviving quote unquote surviving original member left mm-hmm. at that point yeah because then after garth leaves what is there there's beast boy uh then there's steel and, uh, and Raven. Raven, 
who I, I always thought was an original member. Raven? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, of the Teen Titans. Yeah, of the Teen Titans, yeah. but not Titans. Yeah. Well, Titans come from Teen Titans, yeah. in a sense, but then those guys uh, have all evolved mm-hmm. into their own characters, yeah. right? So... <clears throat> That that's why they they have Titans and then now they have the new Teen Titans yeah with like Damien and stuff like that yeah yeah so it's it's interesting and then it's also interesting to see um, the struggles that she's going through as now the leader right mm-hmm. um, because she has all these self conscious thoughts about how she's going to lead the team yet it doesn't seem like the team like dislikes her in any way yeah you know what i mean so yeah it's a it's kind of a an interesting look into her psychology uh, as a character mm-hmm uh, but it, I mean, I, got, I, I digress. It has nothing to do with the storyline. So <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay. We're we're here to break things down. You know, it doesn't have to be about the story. And these guys are—they're grown. Yeah, they're they're very grown. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it it speaks very well to the idea. Um, the one thing that I think DC has always done really well is the idea of legacy. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of characters that can, a lot of people that can take on the role of characters. Um, right. Like for example, the Green Lantern. Obviously, mm-hmm. they build an entire core out of it, yeah. so a lot of people can take over the mantle of Green Lantern because it's not the same mantle in a sense. Yeah. But there's also been, you know, the Batman legacy, which is, you know, Batman and then Dick Grayson kind of took over for a bit, and then you yeah. saw a very, a very short glimpse of what Damien's future was like when he put on the cowl. Yeah. Right. Um, so there, there are like legacy is a pretty important aspect, I think, in a lot of these characters, mm-hmm. and especially a lot of these teams. And having having Titans be this sort of evolving, evolving group of characters that right. sort of all come out of their shells mm-hmm. to become this new version of what they believe in. Right. And now it's happening to some of these characters that are coming from the Teen Titans, mm-hmm. you know? And with Donna now being the person that is like the veteran on the team, mm-hmm. where she used to be Wonder Girl, and now she's this very independent character leading this new group into the future of yeah. what Titans can be. Yeah. I, I think DC is doing a really good job with that, mm-hmm. you know, and putting a lot of these teams together. Well, I totally forgot about McGann, too. Huh? Totally forgot about McGann, too. McGann? Yeah. Miss Manhunter? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Miss Manhunter? <laughs> <laughs> Miss Martian, you mean? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, like, she, she was pretty cool in here, too. Um, Albeit very short. Very role. brief, yeah. And yeah. actually, at the end, that thing that happened when she appeared back, mm-hmm. um, there was a note uh, from the editor Yeah. that says, like, you know, to find out what happened, you got to read justice league aquaman i'm like but that hasn't come out no (laughs) and uh just led us into some more suspense (laughs) there was that mention in there where um she i think she said there's nothing to go back to yeah uh i'll try to find it here 
I'm right. Oh yeah. Say, where were you? I will explain later, but there is nothing to go back to. It's kind of like it's 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 basically, foreshadowing what is happening to the earth. Well, it's not a foreshadow. It's uh, it's it's a forward look into the into issue one of uh, Drowned Earth. Isn't that what foreshadow means? Well, no, because foreshadowing because foreshadowing is is not an explicit tell, right? Like, oh, foreshadowing is just painting a a very faint picture of what it might be. Yeah, but this is basically already confirming. Yeah, she's confirmed what okay. what's going to happen issue one, which is uh, yeah, it's a total destruction of the earth. <laughs> <clears throat> so yeah, that that's actually really interesting. I wonder what happens to the earth after that. Well, we'll find out well, issue one. Well, we'll find out next week. So <laughs> yeah, you'll yeah, find out in the next episode. <laughs> so what did you uh, what did you think about this book? Uh, I any uh, well, I can just the uh, parting thoughts, I guess. Parting thoughts. Um. I thought it was great. I thought that um, they did a really good job of making sure that this issue provided a lot of information mm-hmm. um, and make it an actual useful tie-in, right? Um, like they said, like when Steele analyzed the engines of the spaceship, um, you know, she got a lot of vital information from that, right? Now, the biggest mystery is going to be whether or not they're going to be able to relay that information back to the league. Mm-hmm. If they if she hasn't done it already, like they made it seem like she was able to relay it. Uh however, then they fight uh, uh what's his Drogue? Name? Drogue, yeah. They fight Drogue and then they ran into the spaceship uh ran into, ran into their uh, boom uh what are they boom called? room? Their boom room? Yeah. <laughs> They ran into their boom room, uh, and then they just uh, go off into uh, an unknown location because they didn't have a chance to to set the, to set the their uh, coordinates exactly. Right, so we'll see if they were able to relay that information because that information that Steel was able to obtain is actually very important. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm glad that they were able to make this an important tie-in. I wonder if they'll end up going to a place that reveals more about the nature of this threat. There's a very good chance that yeah. they will. Because now that now that the source wall is down, I feel like it might be an opportunity for them to end up in a place outside of it. Yeah. You know? And that I think will be pretty cool. It's like another way to to explore further into like the repercussions of what happens outside of the outside of the uh, source wall. Yeah. Uh, however, I don't believe that um, their story is going to continue in Drowned Earth. I believe that their story is going to continue in Titans. Okay. So we'll see. We'll, we'll see. Oh, okay. We, oh, uh, I know what you mean. Okay. Yeah. Like it's not going to be explained where they went until the next Titans issue. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see if that's uh, if we're going to pick up this arc of Titans from here on out. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> because it does it does um, add to the Drowned Earth storyline by, by how much we'll, we'll have to figure out by next issue so yeah we may or may not pick this up we'll see <laughs> <laughs> yeah especially not in the, not in that crossover issue yeah, yeah 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 okay so why don't we go ahead and talk about our third book it's Cold Spots number three it's written by Cullen Bunn 
with art by Mark Torres and lettering done by Simon Boland. What did you think of Cold Spots?、Uh, I know we were a little cold well, on these books. Here we go. <laughs> Here we go, guys.、Issues. Here we go. And、um, I wonder if that's changed for you, Victor. It has. Yeah?、Uh, they finally picked it up. They finally picked up the pacing of the story. Agreed.、Um, it's still not a, a story that it really tickles my fancy too much. However, I will give credit where credit is due. And they finally picked up the pace of the story, and it's finally in a place where things are really, really starting to happen. Like, this issue was very fast paced right from the beginning,、mm-hmm. right? And, and a lot of things actually happened in this issue.、Uh, so,、uh, I, I'm actually glad that.、Uh, I'm not glad that it took them this long, but I'm glad that they finally got here.、Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I was almost afraid in the beginning of the book where he walks in. He's like, man, why is it so cold? I'm like, God, again. Yeah, again, we're here. <laughs> <laughs> but then they, they started to reveal that stuff right away. And I was like, okay, this is getting somewhere. Right. And he's finally having some sort of. Proper emotional response, I think, to、mm-hmm. the situation,、mm-hmm. right?、Um, whereas before, you you almost find him a little a little too cocky about certain things and、like、about he, the way he talks. Like, he, yeah, he just seemed. I don't know if cocky would be the right word. I know, I, I, I struggle to find a better I, word. I, yeah,、though. I think he was just very brash about everything. Mm. Just very brash. You know what I mean? Like, he he didn't have um he didn't have a, a finesse about the way he went about things. In the story, now he finds his daughter and he's trying to find, like, he's trying to find reasons why she's there,、mm-hmm. right? And he. It's, it's, I think he's finally showing the proper responses to like that situation and really confronting、uh, the mother and be like, why are you here? Like, why is she here? I'm taking her out of here. Like, this is insane.、Mm-hmm. And then he finally comes across these,、uh, these ghostly things, right? And he sees what's happening. And, you know, now he's like confirmed that、like, he wants to get out of here. Yeah. So they eventually send him sort of on his way.、Mm-hmm. And he, you know, Finds out that those people are trying to kill him. The uh, the, the guards the, are the guards, yeah. yeah. And then they get taken out, they just completely taken out <laughs> by the ghosts. By the ghosts, <laughs> and uh, and it's cool because you're, you're finally seeing like you're, you're finally seeing the extent of what is actually happening. Like, they're making these actual connections, yeah. To what is happening in the town. They're, they're normally backdrop stuff, right?、Mm-hmm. But now they're actually involved in it, which is,、right. which is cool because. Because now, yeah, now it, answers are finally coming to the forefront, right?、Mm-hmm. So the assumptions that we can make now, based on issue three, is that these ghosts、um, have already existed. Within this town,、uh, and are now being controlled by Grace, who is the daughter,、mm-hmm. 
or grace is able to somehow bring these ghosts to town or, or bring them from where I guess the afterworld or I don't know I, I, what would the right word be for that I guess afterworld would probably be the best description yeah yeah and, th- and then bring them into <clears throat> um, our plane of existence yes. and control them so to speak yeah so now that's one answer to a number of questions that we had about the the ghosts right uh, and I think that's the most important one because before in the first two issues we had no idea where these where they were coming from yeah they like were they, just, they were just there yeah right like w- were they there to add atmosphere are they a part of the storyline like what's the deal with these ghosts mm-hmm. right and now I'm glad that um, this issue was able to answer that part of the question because it does it does now help the story make more sense Mm -hmm. yeah and it's it's a good way for us to also see like why is why is grace important in the story like why because now I think they're going to start actually developing what is actually happening to Mm -hmm. grace in this um, in this place Mm -hmm. right um so yeah, I just think it, in this issue, it's it's really well done in a sense that before you're getting moments where a lot of these characters are acting in a way as if they've seen this stuff before, and yeah. it's not really a big deal. But now you're actually seeing him respond in a sense like, "This is not normal. We need to we need to do something about the situation." Right. Right. So now. What's great about this issue too is that because of the way that they're answering the questions that we have, the artwork now to me makes more sense. Yes. Right? Now I understand why it's drawn in this particular fashion. And now for me, it adds a lot to Mm -hmm. the story that's being told. Mm -hmm. So this for me was a very pivotal issue. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm I'm glad you brought that up about the artwork because prior to that it's just it felt eerie but not like there was no real It just felt random connection to it. Yeah, it just felt random. Like yeah. Like it was just like, Hey, your artwork's cool. Come to come to my creative team. <laughs> right. But now we understand that that um sorry, the, the artist's name is slipping my mind. Mark right Torres. Now. Yeah, uh, now Mark Torres. Yeah, now it's there's a reason. Now we understand the reason why he was chosen for uh, for this particular um, for this particular uh, story. Yeah, right. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And the the coloring all makes sense. Like, it really does add to the story now. Now that it's more revealed this way. So I do I do also believe that because of what we're seeing in this issue, mm-hmm. this would read better as a trade. Yes, because you don't have to have that weight <clears throat> on. Mm-hmm having it make sense like it'll just make sense as you're turning the pages and you're going from issue to issue to issue yeah. and it's just there, there won't be a moment where you're like hmm don't really know where these guys are going I don't know if I'm going to keep going so yeah. yeah because it does read very much like a movie you know what I mean mm-hmm. like if you were to 
if you were to storyboard cold spots as a movie this is exactly what i would expect the storyboard to look like mm-hmm. right so in, in that sense yeah i believe that as a as an issue to issue story it doesn't make much sense but if you were to read it as a whole it would be amazing yeah yeah, for but, sure. and, and we've been saying that about cold spots. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think from issue one we've been saying something like that, and especially in issue two because we were like, you, you need, we we need to see this get to where it needs you, yeah, to be. Yeah, you need right? you need the that that hook you need right that context. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. So, one thing I found really interesting, and I haven't been able to test it yet. Um, something that I do want to test at some point is that. There is, and for those, if you don't know, you should definitely check it out. There is a QR code at the very front, uh, inside page, uh, inside cover. And the QR code leads you to an original soundtrack designed for this um, for this series. And every issue comes with a QR code that lets you have a background background song i guess for uh, as you're reading through this Some issue ambiance ambiance so should definitely check it out i haven't actually had a chance to check it out yet i actually just noticed it and uh you should definitely check it out once you have a chance and uh i'm pretty sure it's gonna add to the um add to your sensory experience of reading cold spots because now we will add now the only thing that's missing is taste that would be odd <laughs> if they just, include. <laughs> I could just taste the the air, if they include, like a little swatch in there. Yeah, and just like taste this. Yeah, it's like this, oh yeah, this this totally tastes like cold spots. It's like this is what cold <laughs> tastes like, and it's just it's mint. <laughs> <laughs> just give you like a little menthol. Like, yeah. <laughs> what, do you, what do you what do you call those? The little um, uh, the little uh, uh the little uh, Listerin strips. Listerin strips. Yeah. <laughs> They just give you a pack of Listerine strips <laughs> that comes with the comic. That would be amazing. It would also be a great bang for your buck. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. You buy an issue, listen to some so- listen to some music, listen to some good music, and get some Listerine. Yeah. You know? Listerine. Fresh breath. Listerine. Listerine? No. Listerine. That, that just sounds like an amino acid. <laughs> Listerine strips. <laughs> So yeah, I'm I'm actually really excited about where this book is going. Yeah, because now I'm at a point where I'm gonna look forward to issue four now. Exactly, I'm gonna look forward to issue five. Um, whereas before, in issue one and two, it's like ah, uh, you know, we'll see what. I yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens when the next issue comes out. We could do without it. Right? Yeah, yeah. But now we're at a good spot, so yeah, uh, I, I'm excited to see where Dan and the gang end up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the character, um, he didn't really have. Like, he didn't really get much sympathy from me. Yeah. So I never really cared about what happened. Mm-hmm. Now I want to know, right? Yeah. Because it's it's building that sympathy for the character, and you, you're sort of on his side now. Now, so. I, I will say, even though I'm more on his side, I do find it a little odd that, um, that he, his attachment for Grace came on so quickly. Because he had never met her, even yep. though it's his daughter, he had never met her up until this issue. Um, so to me, I find it odd that with all the supernatural stuff that's happening, 
he's still going to try and retrieve uh, his daughter that he had never met up until 15 minutes ago. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so for me, I sort of want to get a better look next issue into his psychology and why he's willing to go to the lengths that he's willing to go to for uh, for a daughter that he had just met. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because that's a total stranger to him. And he wasn't... To me, he didn't seem like he was all too excited up until <laughs> that point. Yeah. Right? And right before he's about to get smoked by the... <laughs> by these security guards and uh and he's seeing all these ghosts now he's like all right let's go grab a shovel i'm ready to do i'm coming home <laughs> daddy's coming for you right so i don't know he had that near-death experience yeah near-death experience like opened his eyes yeah because i mean if it were me i would have just gtfo to like yeah well, <laughs> especially fast. in that moment because it's she is very much a stranger to him mm-hmm. right so but we might get more into the psychology of way to smoke your mic there <laughs> yeah I, I almost clipped my own teeth with that I smacked it towards my face listeners he really wants you to be really wants you to hear him out on this you point know, I just <laughs> want to really get <laughs> you know, really want to tell you some secrets in your ear yeah. uh, what was I saying you oh, tell yeah. me I don't know <laughs> um, yeah because in that particular moment it you're right like you really wouldn't stay for for grace yeah like because she is a stranger to him now it will be interesting to find out why he had left in the first place and i think that's what's going to be explored exactly because now we understand that there was a story before this story yes right so Uh, Although, I mean, we've always known that obviously something had happened and yeah, there's a story before, but, but it's, you, never <laughs> ca- you never cared. Yeah. And now it's like, okay, we, we want to know what happened because we want to know how it got to this point. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm interested in seeing that. Yeah. Because so. Grace as a character, like she, I don't know how he was able to form that attachment to her. Yeah. Because she never looked at him. She didn't say a single word to him. It's completely dead. She, she, in fact, she didn't even move. So. <laughs> yeah. He moved her. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. So I, I'm interested in seeing how this relationship develops because it does seem like when the guards were ready to smoke him, like that she did sort of save his ass there. Yeah. Right. Like really do something about it. Yeah. Yeah. Like it did seem like she was the one who did it. Yeah. Right. Because I mean, who else is able to control ghosts in this whole story? Right. <laughs> yeah. So. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So, you know, looking forward to the next issue. Yeah. Finally looking forward to the next issue. Yeah. 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 (laughs) For sure. Okay. So I think that pretty much wraps up our conversations on cold spot. Cold spots. Yeah. I I also said cold spot. And I was like, what? (laughs) Just one spot in the whole town is cold. (laughs) Cold spots number three. And uh, we're going to go ahead and move into our next segment. Not quite Which um, we haven't really named what not quite yet because uh we haven't had to, uh, had a chance to talk about the coffee yet you are a hundred percent correct listen man you gotta you gotta be on that ball with this coffee <sighs> stuff man <laughs> <laughs> you know that's why that's why i have you here man that's why i keep you around <laughs> now however i will say uh w- with this particular coffee this week it, it's not it doesn't follow the the normal process that we go through because it didn't actually 
provide us with the distinct notes. Mm-hmm. However, I while I was trying to translate this whole page, <laughs> I, I ended up reading the flavor notes. So um, what I'm going to do, what we're going to do this week uh, is you're going to give me what you think the flavor notes are and I will either confirm or deny it. <laughs> but this coffee is real good. All right, okay. So, Jerry, tell me what you're tasting, what you're smelling. Bitter. Okay. <laughs> good. Good start. <laughs> There's a There was a very very light hint of a tangy zest. Okay. Can't quite place my finger on it, but there is a zest to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say lime. Lime, okay. Yeah, very hint, very small hint of lime, um, and I, and I'm not sure. I'm not sure. It's not one of those. It's not one of those uh, coffee that I think is very heavy in distinct flavors. Mm-hmm. I think it's got a very solid aroma. Like it's got. It's very smooth, mm-hmm. I think. Um, it's got that base bitterness to it, and then like a light zest on top. Mm-hmm. But I didn't really get much of like a sweetness of anything, so that the, I, I didn't really get much of a flavor note out of it. Okay, so what's your what's your final verdict then? Lime, <clears throat> just lime. Five <laughs> percent <laughs> lime, <laughs> and uh, amongst other things. Wow. Okay. <laughs> like some sort of root, maybe. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You know, some sort of root and lime. Okay. So, the website says, "Red wine, like mellow, sweet, rich and sweet, thick, and thick in taste." Hmm. Uh, apparently, uh, this is not a complete one hundred percent true to English translation. Uh, <laughs> And it it's says, Google Translate. It yeah. does what it can. And it says uh, creepy, creepy, <laughs> creamy popcorn aroma. Okay. So even with this flavor description, we're not getting anything too specific. So yeah. Uh, I think I'm just. I, you know, I'm gonna go ahead and give you a ten out of ten on that one. Oh, thanks, yeah. man. <laughs> yeah, good job, good job. <laughs> uh, give you a gold star for that one. <laughs> All but right. But the coffee is good, though. Yeah, I do enjoy it. The coffee is. Really I would not good. have been able to tell you popcorn though. No. That's well, sure. I mean, that's the smell. Which, I, I do. At this point, I, I don't think it's. Yeah. Hmm. I do get that sort of buttery. That buttery feel. That buttery smell to it. Okay. But other than that, yeah. Good job. <laughs> ten out of ten. All right. Would recommend you to taste other coffees. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so why don't we go ahead and let's go to a brand new segment. And it's a segment we like to call the Cosmic Treadmill. Let's get on the Cosmic Treadmill and let's go ahead and go see what's coming up next. Let's do it. And we've arrived at our destination off the Cosmic Treadmill. You're probably wondering what this segment is actually all about. I am wondering, Jerry. Oh, well, I'm glad you asked, Victor. <laughs> <laughs> this is our brand new segment. And in this segment, what we're going to do is we're going to outline and talk a little bit about some of the books that we'll be covering 
on the following episode, on the next episode. So we get on the cosmic treadmill and we take a little take a little run to the future and we see what's coming up next. Excellent. Yeah. And it also gives you the chance to take a you know, to know what we're gonna be covering in the next episode. So you can go ahead and grab those books from your local comic shop. Ho ho ho. You know? Thinking Give, ahead. Giving giving our listeners a, a little bit of a head start. Head start. Thinking ahead. You know? That's what I like to do. <laughs> so what we got coming up next week then? All right. So it is a doozy of a week next week, actually. Yeah, four books. Um, all of these books will be available at the local comic shops tomorrow if you're listening to this on release day. First book we're going to be saying, uh, you know, we're going to be covering Heroes in Crisis number two. Very excited about this book. Oh, yeah. So I'm going to read you a bit of the synopsis. Well, it's, I, no, I'm not even going to say a bit. The whole synopsis. It's only like a small paragraph. <laughs> it's from Previous World. So these synopsis will I'll be picking up from Previous World. So if you want, you can also go on there and check it out as well. So this book, written by Tom King with art by Clayman, suspected of murder, blank and blank. Because, you know, I can't really say who they are. It's redacted. Find themselves <laughs> on the run from the super hospital called Sanctuary, with each thinking the other is the real killer. It's up to Batman to solve this heinous crime, but suspicions falls on him when Superman and Wonder Woman ponder just how much Sanctuary's AI is telling them. Meanwhile, Blank tries to make a shady deal to hide from the Trinity, while Blank searches out an old friend to help him out of this mess and only gets deeper in trouble. This feels like it's shaping out to be a good murder mystery. Yes. A very good murder mystery. Yeah, absolutely. I'm thinking... I'm thinking... What's... What's that book written by uh, Margaret Atwood? The, uh, the the mystery. Murder mystery. Is it no? Is it actually that's what it's called? I don't know. Hold on, Margaret. But this book, you search. But yeah. this book, I think it's really cool now that because I think they're going to dive more into what the idea of sanctuary ai actually is capable of mm-hmm. because we've always we've always had stories where ai is very much removed from emotions right and right. they're operating based on what you believe to be right based on ideologies of what you believe to be right mm-hmm. so when you remove empathy from anything then it becomes a situation where they the AI can't quite judge when enough is enough. Yeah. Right? Or where to draw the line of certain things. Um, one thing that it really reminds me of is that Netflix show I was telling you about actually, Maniac. Okay, yeah, that yeah. That time-limited uh, Netflix show. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if it's still available on Netflix. It might be. So if it is, you should definitely check it out. In that, it it basically talks about this computer this AI and it is the idea that they're trying to figure out a drug that can help people um, I don't want to give too much away but it can help people recover from trauma okay Um, but it's it's carried out and it's it's basically in development in um by this by this AI right because there's these test subjects that are now they're trying to like perfect this formula and there are these test subjects that you know with the AI you have to wonder whether or not empathy 
needs to be a thing that is present in order for proper treatment mm-hmm. for these for these patients. Right. Um, because it, it it dives into very much of a psychological thing. Um, because their ultimate goal is to to develop a drug that can remove the human factor and help you recover. So, you know, I feel like I already kind of given too much away, but <laughs> but like that's the whole like that's like the gist of it. And I don't want to tell you what happens in the story, so I guess I didn't. You know, I don't want to like ruin anything in terms of story, but it is definitely something that you should check out as well. Yeah. But I feel like that's kind of what they're going to cover here with regards to talking about AI and the sanctuary because it is very much a place for heroes to recover but what if through you know and we talked about it a little bit when we had our book one discussion yeah where what happens when the ai discovers something and realizes that the only way to actually make a lot of this stop yeah and to end the cycle is for it to end a lot of these heroes mm. right or what if one of the heroes come to that realization right so it, it'll be really interesting to see. Um, maybe it's not even Batman that, like, that's under, you know, question. Not the idea that Batman did it, but what Batman had designed the AI to do. Right. Yeah. Now, I still can't find the name of the book. However... <laughs> I tried to buy you so much. I tried to buy okay. you as much I know, as I can. I know you really tried. <laughs> um, I believe, now that I think about it, I don't think it was a... I don't think it was an... Uh, um, a Margaret Atwood novel. Okay. I think it's actually an an Agatha Christie book. Okay. Um I still can't find it, so you know what, listeners, if you're if you're hearing this, the the premise I believe is that there's a there's a snowstorm and it traps um all the people within within a mansion and then they're and then basically everyone's getting picked off one by one. Okay. So, all right, listeners. I believe it's an Agatha Christie novel with that particular synopsis. So, help help me out here. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I am uh, definitely looking forward to Heroes in Crisis number two. Mm-hmm. It seems it seems to be. I need answers yeah. from yeah. number one. <laughs> I really need answers, especially since number one was such a cruel book. Mm-hmm. It was so it was so cruel. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, and I'm only thinking the the death count's going to go up. It's only going to go up. Yeah, for sure. For sure. But I think those confessionals are also going to be something that's very interesting to look out for because I feel like in some of those confessionals that are going to be coming up, yeah. it's going to reveal more and more about what is actually happening in Sanctuary. For sure. Yeah. But we'll, we'll save that for next week. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So book number two is going to be Drowned Earth number one. So it's going to be the Justice League Aquaman Drowned Earth number one. Mm-hmm. And that's it's a it is a big book. I think this is uh, forty eight pages, so we take a bigger book, yeah, um, than than what we're normally Probably getting. Like it's like a double size book, yeah. pretty much. Yeah. Um, so the synopsis: Drowned Earth Part One. The Ocean Lord's ancient sea gods, with a gar- with a grudge against Aquaman and Wonder Woman, invade the Earth with an alien army and flood the globe. As Batman, Superman, and The Flash race to stop the waters from rising and turning everyone into aquatic monsters, Mera seeks the advice of an old enemy. And Arthur must face down Black Manta or lose his connection to the ocean forever. Yeah, uh, not much needs to be said. <laughs> <I> feel- <laughs> we all know that um, 
we all know that this is going to be the the big blockbuster event that we're covering. So I feel like we've said enough about what we need to say in this particular episode. Yeah, but the fact that it's talking about Arthur facing down Black Manta, Mm -hmm. it... I wonder what Black Manta's connection to this whole thing is because he could very well be the mastermind that made this whole thing happen. Also, how do you end up there? <laughs> yeah. How do you end up there? Yeah, so it'll be telling, actually, now that they're bringing Black Manta into the situation. Well, Black Manta helped uh, Cheetah kill Poseidon, no? Yes, the, the physical embodiment of Poseidon. Yeah, so yes. he for sure had something to do. I think he knew what the repercussions of this were. Mm-hmm. Of killing Poseidon was so, uh, be interesting to see how he was able to make this whole thing unfold from beginning to end. Because I'm sure there will be an explanation. Mm-hmm. And if it really is Black Manta, and the whole thing is about just getting to Arthur, yeah, like he really hates Aquaman. Yeah, well, I mean, for that thing that happened, well, he yeah. really hates Aquaman. He's he <laughs> he is to Aquaman what Lex Luthor is to Superman, right? Yes, kind so, of, kind of, in a way, kind of. I think I think Black Panther is more driven on revenge. Lex yeah. Luthor is more based on what he believes to be protection of the Earth. Yeah, yeah. But the 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 devices and the lengths they go to are always fairly similar. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's go ahead and talk about book number three. I'm telling you, it's going to be a doozy of a week. Oh yeah. This book it's called Batman's Secret Files. Mm-hmm. Uh. A big creative scene, multiple writers, multiple artists. It's like a a series of short stories. Yeah. Um, so it'll be pretty cool. So synopsis. Delve into Batman's case histories and discover brand new stories by some of comics' most exciting talents. The Batman team of Tom King and Mikhail Hanin. Or Mikhail Yannin? I always forget how to pronounce his name. The Batman team provides a framing <laughs> sequence, setting up our hand-picked teams of creators to take a look at Bat mysteries past and present. Featuring a bevy of Batman villains, including a look at how the Scarecrow's fear toxin affects the common man. In a special story written by Tom Taylor, with art by Brad Walker, that teams the Dark Knight detective with Detective Chimp. Detective Chimp. <laughs> there we go. That's the that's the real stuff right there. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, it'd be, it's gonna be interesting. Um, it's is it going to be a collection of shorter stories? Yeah, yeah. Um, I've always I was always a fan of that um, of that concept of it of that sort of popping up every once in a while, especially for Batman. I feel like that's very fitting, right? Just because you know when you think of of Batman. You're, you think of I guess every superhero in a sense has could have this sort of like anthology of of smaller stories mm-hmm. and, and you can read them as a collective I, I like that they call it the the files of Batman the secret files secret yeah. files of Batman like it's um, like it's like very much like it's a, a collection of detective stories yeah right so yeah. I mean that's very fitting yeah, 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 for sure. I'm, I'm interesting. I'm interested to see what actually comes out of it, mm-hmm. um, especially with Detective Chimp. It's always yeah. a good always, time. With always Detective a good time Chimp. with Detective Chimp for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. So, the last book that we'll be talking about next week is Stranger Things number two. So this is that um, 
that uh, adaptation, I guess. Well, not so much adaptation. It's like a, a tie-in, it's like I guess. A, okay. It's like a, f- it's a filler like a, story. Uh, yeah. That's yeah. basically what it is. Yeah. So, Stranger Things number two. Stuck in the mysterious upside down, Will Byers is cold, scared, and starving. He used his last bullet to temporarily drive away the Demogorgon. Drawing on lessons learned from D&D, Will hunts for food and supplies to prepare for whatever lies ahead. After discovering he can affect the light in his family's home, brief excitement turns to terror when he realizes that when he realizes he isn't the only one that wants to break through to the other side. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, we all know how that story goes. So I think, again, like I, I said this in the episode where we talked about issue one. Um, there isn't many directions that this can go, obviously. Right? Yeah. So Very uh, much a coloring book experience. Yeah. It's uh, because we know how the destination is. Yeah, exactly. So I'm not too excited about this issue. To be quite honest, just as I wasn't too excited about issue one. However, um, I think it's uh, it will provide a an interesting color book experience mm-hmm. um, in terms of what what Will did in order to affect the the real world the way that he did continuously through season one. Yeah. I agree with you. I agree with you. I think the the important part here is to understand Will's psyche yeah. as he's going through the experience. Yeah. Um, and that, I think that's really what's going to make or break the story, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you really delve into what a child is going through in that situation, right? Then I, I think it could really make for an interesting story. But mm-hmm. if you're if you're just sort of retelling what happened, then we've all seen it. Yeah. Like we've all seen how it breaks down, mm-hmm. right? So. Yeah, so that's about all the books that we'll be covering for the next episode. Again, four book episode. It is going to be a very heavy week, so uh, we'll see how that plays out. Have lots of fun. We always do. Always do. Yep. What are you you doing? (laughs) All right, so that's basically our brand new segment, the Cosmic Treadmill. Let us know what you think about the segment. Uh, let us know if you if you like us to talk about these synopsis, and you know maybe it gives you a little a little bit of a head start about what's coming up next. So that pretty much wraps up the episode as well. So we thank you for tuning in. We hope you have enjoyed this episode of Dark Rose Comics. Remember, if you like what we do on this podcast, please hit that subscribe button on the podcast service provider of your choice. We can be found on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. So please also remember to rate and leave us a review on iTunes if you have some time. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions about the show, about what we've talked about, or if you have a book that you want us to discuss on the show, email us at contact at darkrosecomics.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at twitter.com slash darkrosecomics, twitter.com slash otterlygeeky for myself, and twitter.com slash victorjyoung for my co-host Victor. You can also find us on Instagram at instagram.com slash darkrosecomics, and we also have a Facebook page at facebook.com slash darkrosecomics. And if you want to be a part of the community, you can join our Facebook group at Dark Rose Comics Group. And as always, take care. See ya.